Welcome to another episode. I'm Sabrina Lynn, and this is Rewilding. I had a lot of fun with this episode today. It's inspired by the many questions I get around what to do when we get stuck on the spiritual path, or what to do when we don't know what to do, or shit, I just need a little bit of support. I just need a conversation with someone who can give me some different things to feel into, some tools, some tricks, some practices. Um, If you've been in the community for a while or some of the circles that I hold or workshops that have been going on lately, you'll have heard me use the number 35 a lot, a lot. It's the random number that pops in. I'm sharing that because that's how many practices came through in this podcast. (laughs) And the team and I laughed hard when we counted up the number of different options that came through in this conversation. It was not planned at all. Um, So maybe that's a little bit of like inside scoop that I like to share here with you on the audio podcast only that I don't talk about in the YouTube version because y'all know I like to give you something a little extra extra. Um, The other thing that I'll maybe share here that's just a little extra is the elements. Um, Working with the elements can be um, really extraordinary. And it's something that has been, I don't know, maybe one of my saving graces for years and years and years and years of when I'm in one of those really um, expanded states, or maybe that's definitely a time when I lean in to the four elements, but also maybe when I'm um, coming off of a retreat or I'm... I've just hit like a really deep internal spot myself or I've been doing some, I don't know, excavating and some shadow work or something. And it's I'm a little bit out of sorts and I just don't know where to go. I lean into the elements and I literally go through, okay, water, earth, air, fire, earth. Uh, actually, it's probably fire in this moment, to be honest with you. And then I go from there and dive into the multitude of practices within each element. And you can get creative on those, or you can dive into the ones that I share, um, literally 35 of them. <laughs> Again, that's just too good, too good how it all unfolded. So you will find um, this exact tool that I use um, and that I teach um, on a regular basis uh, in this podcast. And I just hope that it serves and that it brings you something. Um, If this podcast is something that you love, it would be beautiful um, for you to leave a review. I know, you're like, oh God, I gotta find the stars and figure out how to do it. But really and truly, it would be like paying it back or paying it forward or helping us out. Um, it really helps to spread the word and helps to get our podcast seen a little bit more. And it would just mean the world to me. So um, I would be very grateful if that feels right for you. All right, enough, 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 enough. Enjoy this episode. Let's have a very candid conversation about spiritual awakening, about personal growth, about what happens when we start to transform our consciousness or we start to embody more of our spirit or our soul or we start to wake up. (laughs) I was going to create this video, this whatever this is, toolbox of practices, of things to feel into, of words that that hopefully help in some way. I was going to create this um, for a particular school that I'm teaching right now, a particular program uh, that I'm teaching right now. And the participants, some of them have hit a place where it's 
Um, it's it's really shaking things up. It's it's really starting to wake things up or alter consciousness or transform, <laughs> transform self, um, open to more, become conscious to more, open a heart more, uh, love more, <laughs> see more. <laughs> And it can sometimes feel very destabilizing, can feel very ungrounded, can feel uh, many things, many things. And then I got to thinking uh, about this conversation and how I also know that there are other beautiful souls doing other programs, maybe rewilding, maybe not rewilding programs, just other, or they're just waking up through life. It doesn't have to be through um, spiritual retreats or personal development programs or anything like that. Um, and I felt, gosh, if I can, if I can share this for a group of 140 people going through this program, I sure as heck can share this publicly to anyone who this might serve. And so that's where this conversation comes from. It also comes from my own <laughs> really, uh, for me, very intense awakening path with many wrong turns, <laughs> many pitfalls, many uh, uh, lack of supports, uh, a lot of journeying on my own, um, <laughs> or a lot of really bad advice <laughs> from those that I was asking questions to. Um, comes from that, from uh, trial and error over uh, more than two decades now. Uh, that started for me in my early 20s, this wild, intense awakenings. I was a scientist, by the way, so <laughs> it was um, very unearthing for me. Uh, to suddenly see the unseen or uh, feel that there's something else beyond what I could prove in a science lab. Uh, I know some of you can resonate with that. Not all, but some of you can resonate with that. Um, some of the practices that I want to share with you today also... Uh, there's some of my own personal practices that have really helped me in tough, tricky spots. Um, and there's some practices that I use daily. I'll share some of those with you. The ones that I find to be the most like long-lasting, solid, uh, most useful. Um, again, for me, also the ones that I have shared in retreats and programs in person, online, long-term programs, year-long, year-and-a-half-long programs, teacher training programs, um, shorter programs, just things that I have also seen really help others um, on this path. And so that's what this conversation is about. Um, just going into, uh, as, I don't know, as honest and as deep as we can get in this conversation about spiritual awakening. I do encourage you to stick around for the whole thing. There's an alchemy that can happen, maybe. Um, an energy that starts to like build in your system and sometimes just being in a conversation like this can shift us out of a stuck place or help us to break through something or shine a light where we couldn't shine a light prior to. So I just, I encourage you to stick around to the end. I also, another reason to stick around to the end is the variety of things that I'm gonna share. It's kind of like a buffet of tools, of practices that I wanna give to you. And you have an opportunity here, no matter where you're at, you're at an ecstatic place, you're at a rocket fuel into your next greatest self kind of a place, a real expansion, a real growth phase, or 
you're in a winter phase, a very internal um, dark night of the soul phase. So really, no matter where you're at, this is a, a buffet of tools that you can feel into. And I encourage you, come back and watch this as many times as you like, whenever you feel called to. Uh, my aim is to leave it up, I don't know, for a good long time um, on our YouTube channel, freely, openly, and as a tool, as a way for like, shoot, I'm feeling stuck, or I don't know where to go next, or I'm in a crisis, I'm in a, some of the terms, you might be associating with some of these in this moment of like, I'm in a spiritual emergency, or I'm having an identity crisis, <laughs> or I'm just in a midlife crisis and I want a red Corvette, Sabrina. Um, really and truly, my aim is to offer so many tools and ways to really um, invite you to feel into what is it that will really serve you in this moment? What is the best practice for you? What is the, and, and, and then you can keep these tools in your, in your tool chest for life, for, for life. All right, that's my aim. So let me feel into something. There's one little kind of caveat that I want to share. It's like getting on my soapbox and I apologize for this, but I know that some people will land on this video because they are in a very big awakening or it is their first spiritual awakening or it's, it's a, like a crisis moment and it's all very new. And so I just want to speak to that for a quick moment. Um, please know that everyone, no matter where you're at, you're, you've been on this journey for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. I still think that these tools will be very beneficial and helpful to you. But I want to speak really quickly to those who, if this is brand new, if the spiritual path is brand new to you, um, if awakenings are new to you, or if you've had a bigger awakening, or it's you're just like, and you're a little shaky in it, right? Like a new, like a new fawn, like a newly born fawn, <laughs> and your legs are all shaking. You're like, ah, this is a bright new world. I don't know what to do. There's something that I just want to share here. Um, in case uh, your awakening happened as a result of a workshop or a retreat or with another person or some sort of body work or something like that. Here's what I would love to share with you. That awakening is your awakening. That spiritual awakening or that um, soul awakening or heart awakening, whatever kind of awakening it feels like for you, it's yours. It's yours. It may have been... I don't know what words to use here because I can get into so many, um, <sighs> fall down so many different rabbit holes with this, but it may have been helped along by the right energetics in an environment, the right practice, the right person at the right time. But what I really want us to all own, and you know, if you've been through many, many spiritual awakenings or awakenings or growth points or growth moments is, is there any of your power being given outside of you to someone else or something else? This can be really, really important and powerful in shifting. Hey, leave it. Shivis. Good boy. Sorry. <laughs> it's my dog. He just had stitches. He's underneath my feet and I'm refusing to put the cone on him. Um, so my job is to be vigilante um, and make sure that he's not licking his stitches. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, it can be really, really powerful to take, uh, to, to own it, to take back our power if we have in some way put it outside of ourselves. So that's just one thing to reflect on, and I won't dwell here. I want to move on to the practices and the, the big, beautiful buffet that we've got coming our way. Um, okay. I invite you to just take a deep breath. To just take a deep breath, kind of center yourself. This is another very powerful practice. Um, just center yourself. <sighs> See if you can find a way of sitting 
where you feel even more centered in yourself? Like, do you shift your shoulders? Like, I would uncross my legs and I would get my sits bones right on the chair. I put my spine a little bit straighter. Just, just do this with me, really and truly. You'll be surprised at how really simple things shift our energetics or shift our thought patterns or shift um, our psycho-spiritual selves. So just sit and, and sit in your center point, but sit in an empowered place. And it's like a power position. You can stand like standing with your feet shoulder width apart and your hands like this. It's a power position. It's, it's you instantly feel more powerful. So just change your posture. It's, it's so simple, so simple, but it can be so powerful. Um, in many ways, uh, and I'll, I'll build on this in a second. That's why I'm smiling because I'm excited to build on this, but. You just want to sit in your center and just be centered. I am centered in self. You can use words like that. I'm centered in self. I'm sitting in myself. Now you can go one layer deeper. So you've got your power position. You're sitting in self. It's like I'm at my balance point. I'm at my balance point. I'm at my center point. I am in self. Now sit a little bit deeper, sink a little bit more, and sit in your center point, your balance point, but now accessing your deepest, wisest self, like the elder self within. I like using the term medicine man, medicine woman, medicine person, like just this, this wizened being, this wizened self, and maybe you identify as feminine, masculine, or maybe you identify as person, but just feel into what feels true for you and just really sink into that. I identify as woman, so I would feel into my, my wise woman, like my wise woman, my crone, my elder, my wise woman, my wise self. And I sit in my balance point, I sit in my center point, I deepen in, it's always my tailbone. Might be different for you. Sometimes it's um, like Hara, that place just below the belly button. Um, but it's typically lower, lower in the body when we're really accessing deep wisdom. And so if we access this point, we just sit in this point. Sometimes this practice, just resting here is what we need. Sometimes just resting here to be reminded, oh my gosh, <laughs> I have a wise self in here. <laughs> I have been dancing around as my five-year-old inner child self for two weeks and I didn't even know it. Oh my gosh, I have been my teenage freak out drama queen for the last three days and I didn't even know it. Oh my gosh, I've been so identified with this egoical personality structure that's been dissolving on this awakening path. And I've been so identified with this role or this part of myself or this personality that I had or this mask that I wore and suddenly it's changing or it's falling away. And now I, I don't know who I am and that can be what's causing us to feel ungrounded or um, <laughs> messy or many other things. And so just to, Give us a moment in this practice to feel into, okay, and maybe this is the practice that you do every day for 30 days, right? Again, I'm gonna give you many more to feel into. These are just like quick little glimpses that you can put in your tool chest or come back to. You can practice with me. You can pause and you can keep going deeper. Um, you feel for you though. Trust this. Here's, here's another way to use this practice um, in a very powerful way. Trust that why self to give you guidance. Trust that wise self to give you guidance, direction, like deep, intuitive. If my, I want my wisest self making decisions for me. I want my soulful self, my wise self, this is me personally, I want that part of me making decisions. That's the part of me that I want making decisions for my life. And so when there's a decision to be made, even now, when you're feeling into, this is so simple, something to do. In this video, you can practice right now as we go through all these different practices I'm going to share with you is you can sit in your center point the whole time and, and ask, why self? Is this one for me? Nope. <laughs> why self? Is this one for me? 
yes, do this for 30 days, you will love it, right? Or however your wise self talks to you, that just seems to be like my like witchy crone, wise woman elder um, in this moment, uh, in this moment. Okay, so that's the wise self practice. Um, here's a wild practice. Uh, this is one that probably isn't talked about a lot and you've maybe never even heard of it. Sometimes we think that, or we've been told, sometimes we've been told this, or we assume that um, expansion, like expansion is better, the, uh, especially those of us on a spiritual path or a waking up path or a path toward becoming more conscious or more love, right? We associate good growth, um, achievement with expansion. And so here, this, this, is, this is mind blowing. Like once you get this, and this could take a while to get, you might not even get it in this conversation. Sometimes we hear things that we're just not ready to hear. It's like, no, no, not ready, not ready for that. Like the mystical level of thinking or universal law, I'm not ready for universal law. I'd, I'd prefer human law of like, more is better, <laughs> bigger is better, more consciousness is better, expanding all of the time is the best. So here's the thing. <laughs> and again, if, if some of this doesn't jive with you or it doesn't fit yet, I'm going to swear. Forgive me, but I love this term. It's called the fuck it bucket. <laughs> if, if I share something with you and you're like, no, no, just chuck it in the fuck it bucket, right? Just, just throw it in the bucket. Maybe it'll resonate someday. Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. It took me at least a decade <laughs> to, final, to, to see this one. Um, that was my path. That was my path. Maybe it'll take you, I don't know, 10 seconds. But then maybe, but maybe it's just not a truth that you'll ever associate with. And that, there's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong. Sit with your deep, wise self. Go to your deepest, wisest, truest self. Um, all right. So here's, a, uh, here's what I want to share around this principle of being on the awakening path. It's always about waking up, waking up, being more expanded, more expanded, more expanded, more expanded. And we can sometimes be get almost like addicted to expand, 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 expand. And when a contraction happens, because it's inevitable, it's the nature of it. It's the nature of it. It is expansion, contraction. It's like breathing, right? I can't just always inhale. That's just, it's a law. I can't always inhale. I will die, right? I have to exhale. My lungs have to expand and contract, expand and contract, expand and contract. It is the same with our consciousness and our waking up. We expand and we contract and we expand and we contract. Much of the time, it's we expand a little bit further, contract a little bit less, expand a little bit further, contract a little bit less. Not always though, not always though. Here's what I would love to offer is sometimes we can cause a spiritual crisis or a spiritual emergency in ourselves or we can kick up unnecessary drama because it's our ego self. It's our ego self wanting to identify with expansion. It wants to be good, like I'm doing a good job, I'm achieving awareness, I'm achieving higher levels of love or embodiment or consciousness. When in reality, the truth of the moment, the truest truth of the moment and the greatest thing that could be happening on your awakening path is a contraction. Let me, let me say that again. The greatest thing that could be happening is a contraction and we're fighting it. We're fighting it. We're judging it. We, 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 we associate it with bad, with failing with with going backwards, with doing it wrong. And, and it just, it's breath, it's breathing. 
it's an expansion, a contraction, an expansion, a contraction, an expansion, a contraction. And we are constantly moving into different states of consciousness. Constantly, constantly, constantly. Until we leave this human expression. Until we leave this body, right? It's it. And so coming into this, this invitation to really look at your your relationship to expansion and contraction. Do I cling to expansion? What are my judgments around contraction? What are, what are my judgments? Do I beat myself up about that, right? And what's causing the pain in a contraction? Is it my spirit that's causing a pain in my contraction? Is it my soul that's causing pain in a contraction? Or is it my ego thinking it's failing? thinking it's doing something wrong, thinking that this isn't good, thinking, identifying itself. I love using this term. I heard this, I don't know where I heard it, but long time ago, a spiritualized ego. <laughs> it's where the ego spiritualizes itself. Like it's gone to another layer of it's become its new identity now, right? If if it's starting to identify, the ego is identifying with new things all the time as we, as we evolve and life changes and, you know, we become a mother and then we identify as mother when before we didn't. And then we walk on a spiritual path and now we identify as I'm spiritual, right? Or I'm God-fearing or I'm, you know, you can think of all these, all these terms. I'm a Christian or I'm a, I'm a soulful woman or I'm a yogi or I'm a tantrico or I'm a priestess we we then identify as that and when we're not like acting in accordance with what we think that is now we, we suddenly are having a really hard time so I know that that was a lot of words um, for one practice but um, I'll sum I'll summarize it as this is and I'll, I'll wrap, actually, I'll wrap it up. Um, maybe not summarize it, but I'll just kind of like put the icing on the cake. Um, and feel into if this feels true for you. Contraction is essential. Contraction is so perfect. Contraction supports your path. Contraction supports your path. You can be perfectly in love and perfectly awake and aware and conscious in a contraction. You are never not divine. You are never not connected, even in a contraction. You're just egoically seemingly identifying with something else other than what is still always there. I know, that's like a to the mind. Um, and part of these conversations are kind of meant to to the mind um, so that we have to switch on something deeper, like a mystic mind. Um, instead of our left brain logical mind. So sometimes if you feel your brain melting down in some of these conversations, it's supposed to, because we're trying to go to deeper places. All right, um, next uh, practice. And this is a beautiful, uh, there's, a, there's a bunch in this next little section of the buffet. So it's like we've gotten to the desserts and there's a ton of dessert flavors in this section um, of our tool chest. and. It's the, let me feel for a quick second. Yeah, 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 this is the one that I want to share. I thought maybe there was something else that wanted to bubble up, but this is the one I would love to share. It's the four elements. Um, the, the, the four elements doorway in. Uh, so it's a way of giving us a framework to feel into what kind of, there are many types of practices, many types of altered states of consciousness, many types of ways of supporting ourselves, many types of expanding our consciousness, many types of expanding our capacity to be embodied, right? Many, 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 many. Sometimes you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. And so the four elements is a really beautiful and very, very simple way of giving us four things to feel into. The four elements that we will work with, there can be many others, and you can create this to be your own too. You could add in metal, you could add in, you know, all kinds of different things. But we're gonna work with air, fire, water, and earth. Air, fire, water, and earth. 
And so you can really and truly just start very simplistically, um, no matter where you're at. This could be your daily practice. You can even try this just daily for 30 days. I love this 30-day challenges thing. Um, very much on that kick this year. But you could just feel into, do I need an air practice? And I'll talk more about these, so hold on. But I'm just giving you a moment to feel in before I kind of describe them because you could get as creative as you want with these. Do I need an air practice? Is that what I'm most called to? Am I called to the element of air? Just feel that. Feel from your wise self. <sighs> My deepest, wisest, centered self. Am I called to an air practice? My answer is hell no. <laughs> That's my answer in this moment, right? You feel for you. There are days where it is an air practice that I absolutely require. Like that is the greatest thing that I can do. Okay, air practice. Then we'll go to water practice. And then you just feel, do I need water practice? Ooh, that actually feels really good in my system. So when I feel from deep wise self, like, ooh, water practice. Yeah, yeah, that feels great. Okay, again, you feel for you. You might be like, Blech. no, no, no water. Okay, so air, water, and then kind of let that go and feel for fire. Do I need a fire practice? Do I need a fire practice? My normal answer to fire practices is yeah, right? <laughs> if there's an element that I had to pick that I feel like I am most identified with, it's fire. <laughs> um, you feel for you though, and I mean, you can kind of play that game too. Of maybe if you, uh, we'll park that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm about to take us down a rabbit hole and I don't wanna do that. I wanna to stick to the desserts on the buffet table. Um, so that was fire. And then letting that go and then just feeling earth. Do I need an earth practice? See, earth feels pretty good in my system in this moment. Um, water much more so. So for me, it would be water's one, earth is two, fire and air, fire probably three, air probably four, if I had to, if I had to give an order to them. Maybe you feel for you. Maybe just take a moment or pause if you feel to and just quickly jot them down. Or you can feel into them later on your own when I'm not talking or giving you what's happening in myself while asking you to feel into it for yourself. Um, I do that hopefully to give you an example, um, a way of, of deepening in or feeling in or just an example of something that might help you to go in into it on your own in a, I don't know, in a truer way or an easier way. Okay, so then let's go through the elements and I wanna give you some different examples of what's available or what each element represents. Again, this is um, the frameworks I teach in. There are many other frameworks and I respect them all. This is just the rewilding framework, the framework that I, I teach in. Um, but again, you can get very creative on your own and go, well, error is this for me? Go for it. Water is this for me? Sabrina, and you describe that more as fire. <laughs> Who cares how we get there? Our whole aim here is to get to a deep intuitive practice for ourselves that supports us in this moment. Okay, so air. Let's talk about some different air practices. Air can be very intellectual. It can be journaling. It could be writing. It could be reflective questions. It could be having a conversation with another person, a soulful conversation with another person. It could be reading. It could be studying. Air is often associated with the mind. Now I want to take this a little bit further out. Air is also associated with the, <laughs> the feminine energy of Sophia wisdom. So you could go a little bit higher into like Sophia wisdom, right? You could take air element and you could do a Sophia wisdom practice. What is it? What is the wisdom that, that blows through the, the branches and the trees? What is the wisdom, uh, that, that is on the air? What is the wisdom that moves through the all of life? Like what is the wisdom that is in everything? You could, you could go into that place with air practice. Another great air practice is, sometimes I will do this on very windy days, is I will invite air to blow through me as a way of clearing things out, as a way of just 
purifying cleansing, like cleansing, not just my aura. I literally invite the wind. I love using raw elements, right? I love being in nature and you like being outside in the wind. You could turn a fan on though, right? Like if you don't have that capacity, you're like, I don't know that I want to be that weird out in Central Park. I might just turn the fan on, Sabrina. <laughs> you can so very much do this any way uh, that you feel called to. Get creative. This is your practice. Get creative with it. Um, sometimes just letting the wind blow through me is the element that purifies me the most. Sometimes air can be a really great element to clear away psychic debris or psychic free radicals or um, things that we've picked up psychically from other people. Maybe we've gotten psychically puked on or we've been in, I don't know, on trains, planes, in cities, uh, in boardrooms, and we've just like picked up a lot of what we feel like is like psychic free radicals or psychic debris. And sometimes the element of air is really beautiful for just whoosh. Now here's a really quick question for you. Do you feel differently just having listened to that? Just a quick question. If you feel to, leave a comment in the, in the chat below, right? In the comments below. Like, feel totally different after air practice. Yes, feel different. I'm, I'm asking you that because that's how these conversations can be. It's very, okay, that's Sheev's talking. <laughs> um, he likes the air practice, apparently. He's a Gemini. Of course he likes the air practice. He's like, yeah, mom, I love it. <laughs> More air. But... Um, these practices can be very alchemical. And so sometimes, sometimes, I'm just gonna take a quick little side note. Sometimes when we're in a tricky spot, we just need a guided meditation. We just kinda need a little bit of support from outside of ourselves. We don't have the creativity. We can't think, and so that's why I'm creating this buffet for you and kind of guiding you through a few things where you could just sit here and you could go through all of the elements. Right? We just went through air and you can dive deeper in and feel into other air practices. All right, so let's move on. And what was our next one? Water. Ah, ah. The one that I'm really feeling today, which is rare for me. I have a uh, personal note. I have the least amount of water in my astrology chart. Um, if there's one element that I uh, struggle with the most, it's water. I love, I, I, I love it. I have an admiration for it, but I struggle with it. So it's strange. It's very, um, very interesting to me that it's water today. Okay, so water practices. Um, I want to share this one with you because it's something that's um, arising. Many of us work with uh, the energy of kundalini. And kundalini oftentimes comes as like fire or lightning. Sometimes it will feel different for us, but there is um, an element that is an awakening energy in the body that is water-based. It is my term for it, and when I teach it or facilitate practices around it, it's the sacred waters. It's activating the sacred waters in the body. And when you work with the sacred waters in the body, it's different movements. It's, it's it, the sacred waters go to different, so, so like air, we work with Sophia, that's like sacred air. That's like Kundalini, but it's the air quality of it. Right? It's, it's, so if Shakti has many forms, there's many forms of, of there's many wisdom, like uh, sacred wisdoms. And if Kundalini is one, it just happens to be the one that most people know about. Um, that, and that we would associate that one. Let's just associate that for this conversation with fire. We'll just associate Kundalini with the element of fire. Uh, there's more, of course. Um, just like there's more in water and there's more in air. But I want to just give you a feel for each of these uh, sacred wisdoms too. It's just an offering, right? So if air was that Sophia wisdom that we spoke about, in water, we start to feel into the sacred waters and the sacred waters, typically we will access them. It's easiest. The sacred waters run through the whole body, but it's easiest to access them in the pelvic bowl. 
it's easiest to access the sacred waters in the pelvic bowl. Now, um, depending on how much work we've done in that area of the body or how, I don't know, alive, awake, right? How, what our relationship is to that area of the body um, will determine how easy it is to access the sacred waters, right? But the sacred waters, uh, this is clearly where I'm drawn to today because my face just lights up and I'm like, ah, yeah, I just want to like swim in the sacred waters. And you can consciously move sacred waters throughout the whole body, throughout the whole body. It's like, it's like the pulse of life and it almost, um, a way of kind of feeling into it, it's like a jellyfish and the way a jellyfish kind of pulses, right? It's like very fluid, very free flowing. And that energy, you can pulse that through the whole body, can be extraordinarily healing. Um, and it opens and awakens different aspects of self, just like Kundalini will awaken and open certain aspects of self. Sophia, air will awaken and open certain aspects of self. So all these sacred wisdoms, um, they go to different places and they do different things. Um, and so that's one way of feeling into water, is feeling into um, kind of that wisdom energy, the sacred waters. Uh, another way of feeling into water practices or thinking about more desserts on the buffet table that are within the water section it's like the pudding section or something, right? Like there's 35 puddings in the pudding section. That's water. But you can feel into emotional-based practices. Um, that's, um, those can be very powerful when working in the element. Um, Heart-based practices, womb-based practices can be often associated with water element. Of course, heart can be fire element, right? Of course we can, you can, again, many traditions will speak about organs being associated with different elements. You feel for you, right? You feel for you. You could go with the blood as water, right? The blood as fluid in the body. And you could work with the blood. Um, you could go with any of the other fluids in our body. Uh, you can feel for what that kind of brings up for you. Um, you can feel into water as an element that can take us deeper and deeper and deeper into the depths. It's like here in America, the Grand Canyon was formed by water over thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And it's just like, it just keeps going deeper and deeper and it will chip away at the rock and it will chip away at the rock and it doesn't happen instantaneously, but it will go to places that fire won't go, that air won't go. It will take us to a depth, right? A depth, a depth within our psyche, a depth within our emotion, a depth within our thoughts, a depth within our bodies. And so that's another way that you can work with the element of water. Again, these are all just things to feel into. So now, another quick check-in. How did that feel for you? What happened in your body? This is building um, our capacity to be aware, to become conscious to what we may have otherwise not been conscious to. Just this quick reflection moment. Maybe leave a comment below like, water, crazy powerful, would love. Here's a question for you all. If you would love to know more about these wisdom energies, let me know. Um, I always love hearing from you all. I read all of our Facebook comments. Um, or, sorry, our YouTube comments. I also read all of our Facebook comments. <laughs> um, I read a lot of comments um, because it means a lot to me. Um, and it's, it's very helpful um, to know what would serve. Um, so if you feel like, yes, I would love to know more about sacred waters. I would love to know more about Sophia wisdom energy, these different wisdoms um, beyond just Kundalini. Uh, let me know in the comments below, like, Sabrina, give us the wisdoms. Give us the wisdom energies we want to know. Uh, that would be beautiful. Um, and also, if you just want to share a reflection on how you feel after the water practice. All right, let's move on. Let's go to fire. So we've already talked about fire as being um, 
possibly associated to kundalini that's a doorway in of just like shaking right like you can do like kundalini shakes you can go on spotify and find some songs like kundalini drumming kundalini waking up kundalini da 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 those can be very fire based energies um uh, it's oftentimes like a flame, right? The flame, it starts at the base. Kundalini starts at the base and the flame rises up, rises up, rises up. Like, can the flame, can we build the flame, build the flame higher, 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 higher. Um, and that wakes up um, certain spiritual wisdoms in our body. It wakes up um, certain capacities in our body for sure. Uh, and so um, that's something that you could possibly work with. You could also work with... Um, the inner flame, the inner flame, not as kundalini, but the inner flame as where is your sacred flame? So if you were to go into temple space within, just where is that? Maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's your solar plexus. Maybe it's like Hara or Dantian or womb, if you have a womb. Maybe it's lower, maybe it's higher. But just don't let the too many options get you off track. Feel into wisdom self again. Just like deepen into wisdom self. I'm in my center point, I'm in my why self. Where is my inner sanctum? And it can move, it can be in different places on different days for different practices. Where is my inner sanctum right now in this moment? Mine just happens to be on the other side of my hands, which is not a normal place for it. So it's moved and I just trust it, just trust it. If you're sitting in wisdom self, you just trust what arises, okay? Here's my inner sanctum and then I just go into my inner flame. I can just rest with my inner flame. Fire doesn't have to be alchemizing, burning things down, releasing, big wild kundalini awakenings. Fire can simply be the temple flame, the sacred flame, the inner sanctum, that which lights, hmm, lights your inner world. You can just rest there with that flame. You could literally candle gaze with that flame internally. You can maybe add fuel to the fire if it needs more oxygen or it needs more wood um, or something else that fuels that flame. It doesn't have to be, maybe that flame, we can shift this now um, and we can feel into fire as an alchemizing flame, right? So we can now feel, we don't have to stay at the sacred flame, although you can in that temple space, that inner temple space but you feel into uh, the alchemical nature of fire and the rapid transformation that is fire, right? Um, and think of practices of like writing things down that you want to release and then you burn it in the fire. But here in the inner world, we could do a practice of really holding an alchemical flame, a sacred alchemical flame within our bodies and go, what is the fuel for this fire? Is it false masks? Is it thought patterns that don't serve? Is it absorbed conditioning? Is it, hmm, we're gonna go for it in a second, ready? Here we go. Is it parts of my DNA, my ancestral heritage, that doesn't serve and I can release. You gotta feel for what's true for you. I'm giving you a bunch of different examples. But fire can be used um, or worked with, practiced with in a way of um, releasing, letting go of. It can be worked in a way of working beyond what is conscious, beyond what we can think about and write on a piece of paper. We can just go and hold this practice of, of Burn that which no longer serves. Release me from that which no longer serves. And I may not know what that is. That's a powerhouse of a prayer. <laughs> that is a powerhouse of a prayer. 
Another way I'll share, obviously I know a lot of fire practices. I know a lot of elemental practices all around, but fire, man, I told you, this is, this is like my jam. Um, uh, I'll just share this last one is fire can be um, used to light the way forward. So you can also work with fire in a way of, okay, light the path forward. Show me the path forward. Like if here's a, here's a torch that's being carried by the, the guides and the guardians of my soul path, my highest unfolding, light my way forward and just like let that torch move down whichever path is being called. If you've got like decisions to make, right? Do I move to... We'll just make one up. Do I move to Australia? Do I move to Canada? Do I move to Mexico? <laughs> and it's not a decision I'm trying to make. But, and you just sit there with the three and you go, okay, my inner flame held by my highest self, my guides, my guardians. <laughs> this gets tricky because our minds will get in the way a lot. So we really have to let go, like really letting ourselves be almost sometimes in an altered state so that we don't maneuver it. Right, we don't maneuver it. We don't move the torch where we think we want it to go. We just kind of like, okay, let it go, let it go, let it go. Where is it going? Where it's going to Australia, for me. <laughs> Maybe I need to reflect on that. Um, I lived in Australia for you know, eight years. It was amazing. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll end up back there. Um, okay. Let's pause for a second and just feel into how is fire for you. How is fire for you? If you want to leave a comment below, fire rocks or not so comfortable with fire or not called to fire or this fire practice is what really sings to me, the alchemical nature of fire, the sacred flame. Sometimes visualizing different colored flames can be powerful, um, like the, the violet flame, the rose gold flame. Uh, yeah, you can kind of play with it. Green flame, it's another yummy one. Uh, all right, final dessert <laughs> on the buffet table. Uh, and that's earth, that's earth. Um, first thing that comes to mind that I would love to weave in. Um, actually, there's a couple of things that come to mind. I think this one is something worth mentioning here in this conversation and just offering up as something that might serve is sometimes we'll experience on an awakening path is that our thoughts will shift, our energy will shift, but our physicality hasn't shifted yet, right? So the it's like the energetics move, but the physicality hasn't caught up yet or our consciousness has changed our emotional body has changed our mental body has changed right our psycho spiritual body has changed all these different layers of self have changed but we're still in the same life right like physically i'm in the same house wearing the same clothes with the same body it's like the physicality is often, not always, this is not always the case, it's not always the case, but on a regular basis, it's that the physicality is like the caboose on the train. It's the last to make the awakening. It's the last to make the shift, the transformation, and can be tough because <laughs> it's like the, the, what do you call the first car on the train? I don't know. I get the engine, right? The engine on the train is in Australia. Here, this is a good one. The engine on the train is in Australia and the caboose is still here in America. You're like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> how do I get the physicality over there? And so earth practices can be very supportive, can be very supportive for um, just going into our physicality the earthiness of our being i go right into my skin i go into my muscles i go into my bones i go right into my physicality and my physicality is not other than um, divinity sometimes we <laughs> like to leave the body out of it but for me um, 
we have a capacity to, to divinize all, all of it, right? To, uh, uh, to bring all of ourselves into higher states of consciousness, including our physicality. It's kind of embodied spirituality, right? It's that uh, God, goddess, the divine is not other than my body. It, is in, it includes my body. It includes all the functions of my body. It includes... <laughs> There's this fun term in rewilding. It's not in rewilding. A lot of people say this, but it includes this meat suit. It's a magical meat suit. <laughs> it's a magical meat suit. It's not just a meat suit. I don't have to just lug it around. It's actually a magical meat suit. It's a divine, mystical meat suit. The whole thing. And for those of us who've been on an embodiment path or um, have done a lot of like body-based wisdom practices, we really start to see that our bodies hold a lot of wisdom and our bodies have these amazing capacities that we sometimes thought were maybe other than uh, evolution or other than consciousness or love itself. And then we're surprised that it's like, whoa, sometimes the body is leading the way and the brain is the thing that's the caboose. Like the brain is what's holding it back. Like, wow, my body wisdom is actually knows exactly what to do here. It's that my mind is getting in the way. Um, so <clears throat> feeling into body-based practices, and I don't have to list a bunch of body-based practices, dance, yoga. Um, I'm a real big proponent of free flow movement when it comes to body-based practices where we're really deepening into our body's own wisdom and how it wants to move and we're, we're letting the wisdom within our being guide the movement. Um, that's just my example. That's how my body would move in this moment. Um, versus um, something, you know, versus following, you know, <laughs> 10 bicep curls. Although those could be really powerful earth-based practices too. Sometimes we need um, very regimented, very rigid practices. And I'll just talk about that here while we're in the earth sign. Um, it's like Capricorn, where we're to talk about, you know, archetypal energies of astrology and of self it's like these these saturnian these capricorn it's an earth-based sign and sometimes it can be very helpful to have some structure very helpful to have some structure um, so sometimes i will do um here's a funny little confession let's say uh there's an in-person rewilding retreat coming up this weekend and there are 24 people coming on it sometimes my practice will be 24 push-ups, 24 sit-ups, 24 squats, 24 hill sprints, 24 of everything as a dedication to each human being that will be sitting in circle. It sounds really silly, but um, it's very powerful for me. Um, and it gives me a structure to, to, that allows me to let go of having to think and to create in the moment so I can just focus on devotion. Like it's just this real amplification of devotion and this rigid, earthy, grounded, solid structure allows me to be totally free within it so that I don't have to expend energy thinking about how do I move next? What do I, da, 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 nothing other than complete devotion, complete devotion, complete devotion, complete devotion, complete devotion, right? This whole time while I'm, anyways, that's just a fun little random side note, um, something to feel into. Let's talk about more examples of earth-based practices. Super simple, go lie face down on the earth. Take your shoes and socks off, go walk barefoot. Um, I always used to marvel when I lived in Australia and I would spend half a day or even an hour on the beach. And I was like, wow, everyone on the beach is so in their bodies and happy and alive and solid and smiling and of course they're on the right like but it was like because their bodies are on sand their bodies are on the earth their feet are barefoot in the sand it's so crazy powerful crazy powerful in ways that we don't i don't i don't think we necessarily even know how powerful it is um Things to um, really earth, to get grounded, um, especially if we feel like we're in a thousand pieces or we feel really scattered or we've been blown open, right? We've done expansion consciousness practices and let me go back to this expansion contraction. 
here's, here's a real beautiful skill to develop is to know when you're called home. This is a powerful wisdom to develop within self. It doesn't come on until oftentimes until we get into our like later stages of our, of our awakened path. But it's a discernment and we know when we're called home. We know when we've been expanded. We know when to contract. We know when, okay, I have been consciousness. I have been love. I have been oneness with everything for X amount of time. And now I'm what serves the most in this moment is for me to come home, is for me to get grounded in self, is for me to <laughs> be right here. I'm still, right? It's expanded, contracted, but it's contracted. I am still just as conscious. I am still just as love-filled. I am still just as awake, just as aware, but I'm now right here. I'm called home. I'm called to just be right here. And that's it. It's, it's powerful. And then we start to realize contraction isn't, isn't, isn't anything bad. It's just the state that we're most truly called to be in. <laughs> okay, that's a whole nother conversation. If you want me to dive down that rabbit hole, leave a note in the comments for that one. Like, Sabrina, there's something in that. Talk more about expansion contraction. I want to like, dive into that. Let me know. Let me know. Um, there's enough interest on any of these things. I will definitely dive into them. Um, okay. Uh, earth thing, getting grounded. Those are the very obvious earth practices. Um, I just want to feel into uh, what else is here. There was another practice that I was feeling uh, to share. I know you all want, maybe you don't, but uh, I know some of you who watch this will be wanting, what's the wisdom in earth? If we went through Kundalini, we went through sacred waters, we went through Sophia, what's, what's, who's here in earth? Like what's the, <laughs> what's the sacred wisdom to work with or to wake up in our bodies? The, the one that's coming to mind, again, there are many in the different elements, but the one that's coming to mind is this um, very deep, um, very embodied wisdom. <laughs> um, and I, I refer to this wisdom as bone woman. Bone woman. You can just kind of like, just in this moment, like you can just hold that intention of like bone woman. Sometimes a doorway into bone woman is um, la loba. Uh, that's a, we don't have to go down those rabbit holes. Um, but and you can just almost like tap your bones. You can just tap your bones. <laughs> That's a bone wisdom. There's a deep wisdom in these bones. There's a deep wisdom in these bones, right? And you can just kind of tap into it. You can, when you start to feel it's like ancient, it's like an ancient deep wisdom. It's like a wisdom that wakes up in us and the gift of it is um, knowing that our physicality is just as divine as our consciousness, as our non-physicality. Knowing that the seen is just as sacred as the unseen. Knowing that it is not separate. Like that is the wisdom that wakes up when we start to work with um, the earthy energy, the earthy sacred wisdom energies, right? You really start... Um, to love being in a body, love that we, we get to experience divinity through a body. We get to experience what we get to experience because we have physical form. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I have so much more that I want to share with you. Let me feel... Hmm... There is a workbook associated with this conversation. Um, it's completely free. There's, I wanna put a link in there to another 20 minute practice. Um, it's a practice called Golden Kali. It can sometimes be really, really helpful in um, 
alchemizing and shifting us out of something. It's a very great purification, uh, cleansing, uh, releasing, letting go. Golden Kali. Kali is a form of the fierce feminine, right? Divine feminine, um, goddess energy. And when working with the energetics of golden Kali, which is what this particular meditation is. I recorded it a few years ago, and uh, the reason I don't want to do it here is because I don't think I can do better than that particular meditation. It won't come through the same. They never come through the same, ever. Um, but it's a way of um, releasing, um, we could say darkness or blocked energy or trapped emotion, anything that doesn't serve. It's a way of releasing that, giving it over to the goddess who in her golden form, that's her fuel, right? That's her fuel. She just like takes it. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. This is what nourishes me. This is what I, this is what I live for. Give me that, give me that, give me that. And she takes all of that in and what she pours back into you is golden love. Incredibly powerful Kali. Um, Shakti is one of the most alchemizing, transformative, fierce, <laughs> fierce grace. Fierce grace is a great word for that particular energy. But we'll put a link to that. It's just an audio. Um, it's an audio uh, meditation. We'll put a link to that in the workbook along with a couple of other things. Uh, reflective questions and just kind of an overview. So if you want more and you're like, yeah, this is great, or I want something I can print out, something tangible that I can keep with me to remind me of these things and I can just easily reference them, um, you'll find a link below to download that. I would love to give you that. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for this conversation. I hope that it's served. I hope that it's helped. If it has, um, maybe hit the like button. If you want more videos uh, from me like this, hit the subscribe button. Uh, yeah, just appreciate being here. Really appreciate being here. I love doing these things. Um, this is what lights up my soul. <laughs> this is what uh, brings me love and joy. Uh, yeah, and aliveness. All right. I will see you where I see you, when I see you, and how I see you. So much love to you. Mm -hmm.